0: This morning we have a heavy teaching of Jesus to consider. He introduces a metaphor that he is a vine and his father is the vine dresser and he goes on to explain that we are the branches. The heavy teaching that Jesus brings up immediately after introducing this metaphor in John chapter 15 is that there is such a thing as being connected to him in some way and yet damned. After all, that's the import of being taken away by the Father. Whoever is taken away, look at verse 6. Whoever is taken away is thrown into the fire and burned. So we would have to be utterly daft to fail to understand the meaning of this metaphor as it pertains to those branches which are taken away, thrown into the fire, and burned. Right? The branch being thrown into the fire and burned is the person who is cut off from the glories of heaven and is instead cast into the fires of hell. So again, the heavy teaching that Jesus brings up immediately after introducing this metaphor that He is the vine. His Father is the vine dresser. We are the branches. It's the heavy teaching that He brings up right away, is that there is such a thing as being connected to Him in some way, and yet, still to be damned. Look at verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He, that is the Father, takes away. And those branches are thrown into the fire and burned, if we I had a few verses to verse 6. The message this morning will simply consist of exploring this concept. How is it that someone could be connected to Christ and yet thrown into the fire and burned? After all, as Paul says in Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is a central gospel truth and it is a glorious and a cherished gospel truth by those sinners like me like many of you who know that we don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to our own righteousness before god there's no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus have your iniquities As Ezra prayed in ancient times risen above your heads. In other words, are you drowning in it? Has your guilt as he went on to pray mounted up to the heavens? Are your sins as scarred? As Isaiah put it so many years ago the staggering invitation of God and the gospel Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. Isaiah 55, or part of Isaiah 1 verse 18, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat come buy wine and milk without money and without price that's Isaiah 55 verse 1 the glorious gospel proclamation according to Romans chapter 3 verses 23 and 24 is that though all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God yet we may be quote justified By God's grace. As a gift. End quote. Without money. And without price. Though it should be clear to you. I'm going to translate this figure of speech here. For emphasized clarity. Without money. And without price. Wine and milk without money. And without price. Means salvation without earning it. Salvation without deserving it. Salvation without meriting it. Salvation when you've got nothing to buy it with. Jesus came to die a penalty-bearing death in the place of sinners who deserved to be punished ourselves so that God's wrath could justly turn away from us without God simply being an unjust judge who overlooks sin. And Jesus came to live a righteous life in the place of unrighteous sinners whose iniquities have risen higher than our heads such that we are drowning in them so that God could justly count us as being righteous instead of just lowering the bar and saying well they're not righteous enough but whatever God sent his son into the world to do this for us why John three sixteen, so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life therefore if you have believed in Jesus your sins are atoned for if you have believed in Jesus you have the righteousness that you need if you have believed in Jesus As Paul says in Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for you. This is the gospel. Pure. Simple. Not in me. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to thy cross I come. Pure. Simple. Glorious. We can't do it. Jesus did it for us. Sinners may be forgiven, welcomed into God's family, in and through Christ Jesus. So do you see the problem then, in view of all this, that this teaching of Jesus presents us with in John chapter 15 and verse 2? He says that there are branches in Him, which in the end may be taken away by the Father. And according to John chapter 15 and verse 6, thrown into the fire and burnt. This passage seems to indicate that we need to hang on to our salvation by our works. After all, doesn't Jesus' teaching seem to make fruitfulness a condition of remaining saved? Look at it. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away So in other words, some argue, yes, we get into Christ in the first place by pure grace apart from our works. But then if there's not enough fruit, then we're going to be taken away and burned. So therefore, we had better make sure that we do our part to bear lots of fruit so that we'll be fully and finally saved. That's how some people teach this passage who believe that we can lose our salvation. And to be fair, do you see how this passage could seem to teach such a thing? But that would fly against the whole logic of the gospel. God doesn't take to heaven in the end those who were good enough in the first place. Nor does God take to heaven in the end those who become good enough throughout the course of their lives. God takes sinners to heaven who didn't deserve it in the beginning and who don't deserve it even on their best day and who don't deserve it on their last day, on their deathbed day. After all, Isaiah says, all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags. Now I've explained before, I'm not going to derail the sermon to get deep into it, but what Isaiah is speaking about is justification. It really is possible to please God and to do things that are pleasing to Him. And it's possible for God to look down and be happy with how you're living. So Isaiah is not making a comprehensive statement that nothing we do pleases God and everything's just a stench in his nostrils. But what Isaiah is teaching us is that when it comes to what we might bring in our hands as we approach God sitting in the judgment seat, that there is nothing in our hands that we may bring. Because even our righteousness is as filthy rags. Or to use this metaphor, even our fruit is is as filthy rags. You realize there's never a day that you could isolate and be like on that day I deserved heaven. God takes sinners to heaven. Not for the goodness that is in them in the first place, nor for the goodness that develops in them over time. In other words, not for the fruit that they bear. God takes sinners to heaven merely and entirely for the goodness that is in Christ Jesus, which they've taken hold of by faith. So I'm about to give you a better way to understand Jesus' teaching here. Instead of understanding Jesus' statement as a statement about how you can lose your salvation if you don't become fruitful enough, we should understand Jesus teaching us here simply that There is a merely external connection to Jesus, which fails to result in fruitfulness and leads only to damnation. Is it possible to be connected to Jesus and yet to be damned? In one sense, as I've been laboring to demonstrate, the answer is a hard no. No one who has fled to Christ Jesus for refuge from the storm of God's wrath as Noah and his family fled into the ark will perish the ark of God's salvation is seaworthy and yet in another sense it is possible to be connected to Jesus and to be dead let me explain that The one who has been savingly connected to Jesus has been born again or regenerated or made alive together with Christ. These are biblical terms for the same thing. God's grace has flowed into them then as nourishment flows from a vine into a branch. The one who has been savingly connected to Christ has been given the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 and verse 9 says, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. So by implication then, everyone who does belong to Him has the Spirit of Christ. Whoever is saved then, has the Holy Spirit. God's grace has flowed into Him then, as nourishment flows from a vine into a branch. The one who is savingly connected to Christ bears the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Who produces this? Is it called the fruit of the believer? No. It is called the fruit of the Spirit. So again... God's grace has flowed into a person as nourishment flows from a vine into a branch, making him fruitful. So there is an inward experience of God's grace flowing into the one who is savingly connected to Christ. It cannot be any other way. Nobody is saved who has not been born again, who does not have the Holy Spirit, and is not bearing the fruit of the Spirit. There is an inward experience of God's grace flowing into the one who is savingly connected to Christ. And that grace has produced and is producing change and fruit in that person's life. Now, with that in mind, is it possible to be connected to Christ in some way and yet never to have experienced that inward inflow of God's grace? Of course it is. Let me explain, and let me illustrate. I have a membership at Pricemart, which uh, for you non bajans is basically our equivalent of Costco. And I have a membership at Pricemart because I perceive that it is advantageous to me to have a membership there. Being a member of that organization appeals to me. And so I pay my dues and I frequent that establishment But I have never experienced an inward inflow of God's grace as a result of belonging to that organization. Nor was it an inward inflow of God's grace which prompted me to join that organization in the first place. It had literally nothing to do with God's grace. Others have memberships at other clubs and other establishments. We might think of for example a golf club or a yacht club or a sports team people join these things for various reasons perhaps they like the prestige of saying that they're going to the yacht club for lunch and it's a little bit it's a little bit like name dropping but it's more like place dropping or affiliation dropping some people just truly love yachts and are fascinated with yachts and it has nothing to do with prestige they just like those kind of (laughs) bolts some people like wearing the team colors and so they join a sports team they feel proud to belong to such and such a team some people join a sports team because they want to get a girl some people join a sports team because they want to have the glorious scoring the winning goal hitting hitting the winning shot Whatever, there's all these various motivations for why we join things and Affiliate ourselves with things and connect ourselves to things In Fact on any given sports team you could probably find various motivators One guy's literally just there for the girls Another one's there for the love of the game another one's there for the glory another one wants to turn pro and so he's there for the money right on any given team any affiliation any organization A variety of motivations but in all of these cases that I just mentioned it has nothing to do with God's grace you didn't join the football team or the cricket team or the basketball team or the yacht club or the golf club because of an inward inflow of God's grace nor did that result in an inward inflow of God's grace you just joined for whatever reason You connected yourself to this organization, to these people, to this thing. Some people join the church like that, as if it was a merely human society. Some people like how church makes them feel. Perhaps they like the music, they like the atmosphere. It's encouraging to them. Perhaps they just like to get out of the house. They live a pretty quiet life, but you know Sunday rolls around, and it's nice to get out to church, get some fresh air, see your friends. Some people like belonging to a community. They realize that church people gen- genuinely love them, and genuinely care for them. They like that feeling. Some people like the advantages of belonging to a church. You know full well if you belong to a church and you have a baby, people are gonna buy you diapers and stuff. <laughs> some people just like the advantages, right? If you, hard times come, right? You suffer some property damage in a storm or a hurricane or something, church is gonna be there, right? There, There are temporal benefits of belonging to a church, right? Some people just join for whatever reason or they misunderstand the gospel and they think that joining a church is going to benefit them in some way on the day of God's judgment. When they stand before God, they'd be like, well, I was a member of CRBC for 40 years. Right? For whatever reason, some people just join the church as if it was merely human society. Right now, my boys are starting to learn some sports. And one of the sports they're learning is American football. We've been watching on TV, we went to a game in Toronto when we were there. And they're like, Dad, do you know those yellow things that you kick the ball through? And I'm like, yeah, the uprights, they're called the uprights, right? They're like, yeah, the uprights, the uprights. So they're learning the terminology, right? Some people come to church and they're like describing their experience of God or, you know, of like what they think about God or something. Someone's like, yeah, that's called justification. I'm like, yeah, 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 justification. Right? And so they learn the lingo. And they get in and they join. And they connect themselves. But it actually had nothing to do with an inflow of God's grace. It doesn't result in an inflow of God's grace either. They just join. They are, nevertheless, even in a case like this, really connected to Jesus. They are externally connected to Jesus. Anyone looking at them would associate them with Jesus. Right? Somebody's been going to church pretty steady for the last 5, 10, 20, 40 years. People think, yeah, a person's a Jesus person. Right? They're connected to Jesus. And Jesus says that the church is His body and His bride. So, to be a church member is truly to be in some proximity to Jesus, to be connected to Jesus, in a very limited sense, albeit, but in a true sense. If I handcuffed myself to a tree, I am truly connected to a tree, but i not organically a part of a tree. In a similar way, someone who is a church member, but not as a result of an inflow inwardly of God's grace, is like a man who has been handcuffed to a tree. Or better yet, to keep with our metaphor today, like a branch that has been duct taped to a vine. There is a real connection. It actually is connected. But there is no vital, organic connection we would not expect a branch like that to be fruitful neither would we expect a Christian like that to be fruitful people who are externally connected to Christ but not vitally and organically connected to Christ will not be fruitful Christians nor will they be saved in the end They have never experienced the inward inflow of God's grace by the Spirit making them new, which is what regeneration means. To generate something, to make it. To regenerate it is to generate it again, remake it. These people have never experienced the inward inflow of God's grace giving them the new birth. They've never experienced the inward inflow of God's grace in giving them the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not dwell in them, these externally connected persons. They have never experienced the inward inflow of God's grace in the Spirit's bearing fruit in them. Their connection to Jesus is merely external and not vital and organic. They're just a branch duct taped to a vine. There is a real, but it's a merely external connection to Jesus. There is no fruit then, and there is no salvation. These are the people who will bear no fruit and who will be taken away by the Father and thrown into the fire and burned. The application is obvious to all of you listening, whether in person or online. Are you vitally and organically connected to Christ Jesus? Or are you merely externally connected to Christ Jesus? Of course, if you are here in person or if you're watching online, it demonstrates that you have some level of interest in Christ. And by virtue of attending a Christian worship service, you have some proximity to Christ himself this morning. Perhaps you know that you are not a believer in Christ, or you don't, you don't even claim to be. Or perhaps you do claim to be a believer. Some of you may be church shopping, as they say, looking for a church to belong to. Or perhaps you are already a member of a church, whether here or elsewhere. Whatever the case, listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. Well, we firmly believe here at Covenant Reformed Baptist Church that Christians ought to join themselves in membership to a local church somewhere, whether here or elsewhere. Well, we firmly believe, in other words, that there ought to be an external relationship to Christ and to his people, if it is the case that there is an internal, inward, vital and organic connection to Christ. Well, we firmly believe all these things. Listen carefully. What matters much more than your external relationship to Christ is your internal relationship to Christ. Never mind if you grew up in a Christian family. Never mind if you are a church member. Never mind if you are a church member here. Never mind if you go to church every Sunday. Never mind if you go to church twice every Sunday never mind if you are a Sunday school teacher or the head of some church committee or a deacon or a pastor have you been born again have you received the Holy Spirit is the Spirit at work in your life bringing forth fruit never mind for the moment if you are externally connected to Christ or not are you vitally and organically connected to Christ the way that a fruit-bearing branch is vitally and organically connected to a vine? Brothers and sisters, friends and neighbors, this is what matters most. Now, of course, if you are vitally and organically connected to Christ, As I said, you really ought to join yourself externally to Christ and to his people as a member of his church, his bride, his body. But don't get the cart before the horse and don't think that that mere external connection to Christ will suffice on the day of God's judgment in the absence of a vital, organic Connection to Christ If I was passing through a garden that I maintained And all of a sudden I noticed Amidst all of a certain kind of fruit trees a branch taped to a tree I Wouldn't think to myself look at this tree has sprouted another branch It would be immediately evident to me that that branch didn't belong there. And I would take it away. Mere externals will not suffice on the day of God's judgment. He's not going to be confused by the duct taped branches, he's not going to be deceived by the duct taped branches. You need Jesus, each and every one of you in here. Like a branch needs a vine. That is to say, utterly. Entirely. To be anything other than a dry, fruitless, lifeless piece of wood. You need Jesus. So I ask you again in conclusion, have you been born again? You don't need to know the theological jargon Regeneration Being born again Made alive together with Christ Have you been Have you been changed Are you fundamentally Different now than you were As a result Of God's grace Have your affections changed Have your priorities changed Is there a love for Christ and a hatred of sin no matter who's looking when you're by yourself do you like Jesus do you not like sin have you changed have you been born again have you received God's Holy Spirit this isn't manifest in all kinds of outlandish ways is he bearing fruit in you love joy Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do you have a sense of God's presence with you? As we saw last week, one of the promises is that by the Spirit, God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit will come to make His home with believers. Have you experienced these things? Is God working in you? presently, actively. Not only have you been changed, but are you being changed? Do you love the Word of God? Do you listen to the Word of God? Do you heed the Word of God? As our confession says, do you tremble at its threatenings? Do you embrace the promises? This is the difference between real Christianity and simply playing church. This is... The difference between the heavenly and the hypocritical between the divine and the deceived this is the difference between the spiritual and the superficial becoming a Christian and being a Christian on an ongoing basis is not simply a matter of signing up to belong to a merely human society as if it was just like you like football so you join a football team you like boats, so you join the yacht club. You like how church makes you feel? You want to be there on Sunday, So sign up. Learn the jargon. Learn all the theological words and terms so you can fit in like one of us. That's not what being a Christian is. Being a Christian is a matter of possessing a vital and organic connection to Christ. Before closing, I want to warn the merely external Christian if there is anyone here, anyone watching online, I couldn't know because you are an external Christian. Right? I couldn't know. But I want to warn you that you are headed for the hellfire as certainly and as surely as the outright unbeliever who lives in open and unrepentant sin. See, it doesn't matter whether you're a branch duct taped to the vine or whether you're a branch lying in a desert a hundred miles away from the vine. You're not in the vine and that's what matters. You can be religiously lost just like you can be irreligiously lost. Now with that being said, I'll close on a happier note of reassurance for God's people. Have you been born again? Is the Spirit bearing fruit in you? It actually is possible to answer these questions in the affirmative. If you can answer these questions in the affirmative, yes, I have been born again. Yes, I have received the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit is bearing fruit in me. If you can answer these questions in the affirmative, then you are a branch rightly connected to the vine and you cannot be taken away and you will not be thrown into the fire and burned you cannot perish there is no condemnation for you not because your fruit is so good and you deserve it but because of your genuine connection to Christ Jesus the vine his righteousness is yours and he is atoned for your sins he has propitiated the wrath of God in your behalf, so there's no more wrath for you. There's no more punishment pending because it's all been poured out upon Him. And though your sins were like scarlet, though they were red like crimson, now they're white like wool. Jesus has done it all for you. Your fruit evidences that there is a genuine connection to Christ Jesus. But it's not your fruit. It's that genuine connection to Christ Jesus that is the basis of your salvation. So examine yourself, sure. Look for fruit, sure. But not in order to see whether you merit heaven or not. Is there enough fruit here that the Father will be pleased enough to not take me away and throw me into the fire and burn me? Don't examine yourself and look for fruit like that. Examine yourself and look for fruit as part of examining whether you are vitally and organically connected to Christ Jesus or not. If you are merely externally united, take heed to the warning you've heard today that this external connection is not sufficient to spare you from the fires of hell. But if you see fruit in your life born by the Spirit if you see that, yes, I've been changed, if you realize, yes, I have received the Holy Spirit and He's working in me, then you see that you are vitally connected, organically connected to Christ. And take heart, because by virtue of that connection, His righteousness is yours. And His cross work is yours. And there is no condemnation for you because you are in Christ Jesus and you are a fruit-bearing branch in Christ Jesus. Genuinely, vitally, organically connected to Christ Jesus and you have received from Him all that is needful for your salvation and you will receive from Him everything that is needful for your preservation and for your fruitfulness.